Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Our scripture reading comes from Genesis. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Our first scripture comes from Thessalonians chapter three. In the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we could not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model to you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy, they are busybodies. Such people we commend and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. And from Matthew, we hear these words. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them one denarii for the day and sent him to the vineyard. About nine that morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again at noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. At five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. Must have a pretty big vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarii. So those who came here were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only an hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of work in the heat of the day. But he answered them, I am not unfair to you, friend. Did you not agree to work for a denarius? for a denarius. Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. 
Don't I have the right to do what I want with my money? Or are we envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. So I encourage you, as I do each and every week, to have your bulletins handy. Uh, because it does have scripture passages for you throughout the week. It also has a space that you can take notes. Uh, and for many of you, you know that, uh, that I remind you uh, every week that, that the Spirit will speak to you today. If you're listening, God will give you those messages, those nudges of where God is calling you. And so I encourage you to write those down so that you don't forget them uh, as I would normally do. Uh, so I would ask that you would pray with me this morning. Gracious and almighty God, we have come striving to hear your word. God, we have heard it through, through hymns, through songs, through music, through scripture. God, now we ask for your message to be spoken. God, I ask that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but that they would be your words, your words for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, we begin a new series called Redeeming the Routines. But what does that really mean? I mean, what are our routines and how do we actually redeem them? It's probably some good questions. And maybe you're even asking, what does it mean to redeem them? Good questions that I hope I will be able to answer for you over the next four weeks. Uh, this series actually is a result of the, uh, the doctoral work that I am doing at the University of Dubuque Theological Seminary. Now, don't worry. These are not going to be lectures, <laughs> but hopefully thoughtful insights into our lives and how God created us and called us into being. So I think we should begin with another scripture passage, and that's John chapter 10, verse 10. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's God's desire for you, is to have not just life, but abundant life. This is the key behind all of the work that I've been doing in this program. This is turning the focus on how God desires us to live. Jesus tells us that he has come to give us life, but not just ordinary life, abundant life. And we're not created just to survive. We are called and created to thrive. We're designed to flourish in this life, and one of the ways to flourish in life is by redeeming our routines, to make sure that everything we do has a deeper meaning. We should be participating in, the kingdom, in kingdom preparations by joining with all of our brothers and sisters in the celebration of God's salvation plan. This is done through work, and retirement. This is done through leisure. This is even done in all the mundane tasks of everyday life. If we let it, that is the key to redeeming our routines. So that is the path that's ahead of us. Today, we look at the theology of work and retirement, because even if you're no longer working for a paycheck, you're still working for God's kingdom. Retirement may, be that, uh, it may mean that, that a career is over, but it doesn't mean that God is done with you yet. You still have so much to offer this world, and we should not hold back God's plan for us by not participating. 
Next week, we're going to discuss the theology of leisure. Please don't hear me wrong. I did not say leisure suits. (laughs) Although if you want to wear one next week, I might give you bonus points. (laughs) You might even get on camera. (laughs) That week, we're going to talk about Sabbath and our need for rest. And I wonder if some of you might be just as bad at that as I am when it comes to leisure. I, I... do have to admit that I am getting better at it. I, I am learning how to say no from times. Yes, my wife has given me that strange look like, are you sure? <laughs> then we turn our focus on, to, on what it means to flourish in life. And finally, the last week, we'll talk about redeeming our routines. So this might be a really good series for you to invite someone to invite some friends to. Sure, they may have missed this particular Sunday if you invite them for next week, but all the sermons are on YouTube and they're all on our podcast so they can catch up. And so maybe you want to write down a name of someone you want to invite next week. Maybe it's someone who has a difficult time with leisure. You probably know someone like that. Go ahead, write down the name. I'll wait. (laughs) So let's talk about work. And for those of you who are retired, uh, you can think about your work careers as we talk about this. You can think about the many things that you do now. I remember many recently retired people tell me that, that they can't figure out how they were ever able to find enough time to actually work with all the extra things that they're doing right now. They couldn't figure out how to, how to fit a 40-hour-a-week job in. I'm a second-career pastor, which means that I had a different job before God finally called me into ministry. Most of you know that I worked for about 20 years in the construction equipment rental business. I managed rental stores which rented out heavy equipment like boom lifts and and backhoes and bulldozers, power tools and everything in between. That was my life, 24-7. I was on call for emergencies and there were plenty of times when I would get a call in the middle of the night, maybe for a generator or a piece of equipment, someone who needed something, and I reacted to their needs. And I'm ashamed to say that work defined who I was. For most of the people I knew, I was the rental guy. But you need to understand that that I crossed a line. I began feeling that that was who I was. Not much else mattered. My life was designed first by my job. After that came my life as a husband, a father, a a friend, a son, a, a child of God. Primarily, I was a rental guy. Secondary was all the rest. That was the line that I crossed, a line that I never should have. However, people knowing who you are and what you do is still important. We see this actually in Scripture. I mean, how many biblical characters do you know that you also know about their vocation? Think about it for a minute. I mean, we, we know that David was a shepherd. Micah was a prophet. Saul was a king. Mordecai was a citadel. Jonah was a fisherman. Well, <laughs> that might have been the other way around. But we know that Simon and Andrew were fishermen, Matthew was a tax collector, Paul was a tent maker, and Jesus was a carpenter. These were their vocations. 
But it isn't necessarily what defined them. It was their relationship with God that defined who they were. But we need to see how this can lead to problems. If we see these two ways that our job defines who we are or our relationship with God does, we run the risk of separating the two, never letting them come together. This is where I think we have missed the bigger picture. Work is not separate from faith. We shouldn't think that just because we are doing things for the church that we can't participate with our gifts from our vocation. Now, some of you here know that you do that. You're already doing some of that. You're you're using some of the gifts that you have been given with your work in the church. And likewise, we shouldn't think that just because we are at work that we shouldn't live out our Christian faith while we are there. Work and faith are intricately connected. It's not like oil and water that don't mix. It's, not, it's more like movies and popcorn. <laughs> Peanut butter and chocolate. And ice cold milk and an Oreo cookie. They forever go together in a classic combination. Yeah, yeah and some of you are probably singing that. <laughs> but this is what the world teaches us. Socially, we are taught that we should keep them separate that they don't really belong together. However, God tells us something different. From the very beginning, we are taught through Scripture that we should work if we are able. And for those who can't work, we should help them. What is it that Jesus said to do, that he came to do? Proclaim good news to the poor, liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty all those who are oppressed. He also said that we didn't, when we didn't take care of the least of these, you know, the, the hungry, the naked, the poor, sick, and imprisoned, that he wouldn't recognize us in the kingdom. John Wesley mentioned uh, uh, some simple rules for working and helping. He said that we should earn all we can, save all we can, so that we can give all we can. Earning comes with working. You see, the connection between work and faith. Now, I probably shouldn't have brought up Wesley in this area because he probably isn't the best example of a working life. Not many of you could keep up with him. I know I couldn't. Uh, And for any workaholics out here today, cover your ears. (laughs) John Wesley, for much of his life, kept an exactor journal. This was a journal that he could review from time to time just to make sure that he was always about the business of God. He would block out five-minute increments of his day from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. and mark what he was doing in those five minutes. Can you imagine (laughs) accounting for your day in five-minute increments? I don't know that I could do that for a day, let alone most of my life. Part of the doctorate program that I'm in uh, at the very beginning was to account for my time during a period of 30 days. It wasn't five-minute increments. It was 30-minute increments. Difficult enough. But it did shed a little light on where I spend my time and where I didn't spend my time. You might try it someday. According to the world... What is work? 
What purpose does work serve? There was a, a book that, that I read that gave six different points of what work is, and here are those six. Work is providing for wants and needs. We need to work in order to afford the things that we want or the necessities of life, like food and clothing and shelter. Two, work is a curse. <laughs> and there are days. <laughs> work is a curse. We hear this, however, in Genesis. Just after Adam and Eve ate from the forbidden tree, God said that we would toil at our work. He said that Adam was going to toil with the ground to, to bring forth fruit. Three, work is production. When we work, regardless of profession, it has a sense of production to it. We are producing things to keep this world turning. At least that's what we tell ourselves from time to time. Next, work is, is human achievement. It gives us purpose in creating something. Whether it's some of the crafts from Lisa Eby, the beautiful music, from Donna and Jan, Nareda, the Hope Ensemble, which we'll hear next week, or many of you within this congregation, or the many minds that have shaped, that have been shaped by so many of you who have dedicated your life to teaching. There is a sense of achievement and creation in completing a job. Similarly, similarly, work is psychological satisfaction. It's not the outward sign of the work, but an inward sense of fulfillment when you complete a hard day's work or when you finally complete a project. You get this psychological satisfaction of completion. And finally, work is service. When we work, we are also in service to others. But I think we need to go beyond this as we think about our theology of work because I believe that it is far more than just the six things that I've listed. We need to see how God has ordained work for us as part of this creation. Work is inherently divine as we see throughout Scripture. Look at it another way. If we separate work from our faith, then we'll not be, we will not be able to see how we can live into the calling that Jesus provides for us in loving and caring for those who cannot work. The ones that Jesus cared for. Yes, work is all of the things that I mentioned, but it is so much more when we begin to see how God can, is connected within our jobs or our retirement work. We begin to see the bigger picture of how we can be a part of the transformation of the world. You all have influence in your jobs and in your connections, whatever you're doing during retirement. These connections are what I would call, and, and others have called this, the circle of influence. You have a circle of influence. Those relationships are incredibly important. Not that you evangelize while you are working by talking about the church and relationships with Jesus all the time, but how you perform your job and how you live your life. You can and should live as an example of a Christ-like life. If you do, people will notice, and they will begin to ask, what makes you so different? 
There's just something about you that is different. And you see, it is then in the middle of your relationships that you can share your faith. And their hearts will be softened to hear that message that God has prepared for them. God will use all aspects of your life for God's glory, even your position at work. So we got to remember that people are watching all the time, especially when they know that you're Christian. They want to see if you truly believe and will live into what Jesus teaches. They want to know, are you a hypocrite? Or do you truly live the way God calls you to? Don't let them down. Just a couple of other quick things as we wrap this up this morning. And in case you were thought we were going to touch on this passage about being busybodies, <laughs> we're not. <laughs> Just don't be one, all right? <laughs> but what I do want to tell you is this. <clears throat> Your work or whatever you do in your retirement, is a calling. It is a calling. You don't have to be a pastor or a deacon or someone or even someone who serves on church committees to feel a sense of calling. Although if you want to serve on, you can certainly see me. I'll be right out back right after worship. Uh, But you really don't. I mean, I know that there's a number of you in this congregation that that are like, I'm not really sure that I want to serve on a committee, but man, I will be all in on serving on missions, on teaching, on, on doing whatever is needed. We grow where we are planted. And we plant seeds of the faith where we are planted. And that is in our circles of influence. This means here in the church, in our families, and in our jobs, and in our retirement as well. God has called you to certain places to serve this divine plan of salvation for the entire world. I think when you've landed in the right place, you just know it. And I think we've all had those jobs that we really didn't want from time to time. The ones that we just labored throughout the day. But I remember a wise saying once. It said, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. I think this is what happens when we feel that divine calling into whatever job we have, whatever we do in retirement. I think it's also a reason for a phenomenon that we're experiencing today. Through the pandemic and the stay-at-home order where many people lost their jobs or were laid off for quite a while, people started to feel a sense of wanting to make a difference in their vocation. They wanted a job that truly meant something. Some gained further education. Others searched for different jobs. They finally got the chance and the time to make a change. I believe that some people had had a chance to really think about what they were doing and decided that that they didn't want to go back to what they were doing before. Now, I also understand that that's not the truth for everyone. And some took advantage of a system. But I know quite a few who saw this as an opportunity to find meaning in work. And I think all of you here have found that. You found the meaning in careers that you had. 
retirement work that you're doing, the jobs that you're in right now. I mean, we live in a strange time, don't we? Things are changing all the time, especially when it comes to vocation and the world around us. And so please remember this, that God has ordained work. This is shown throughout Scripture as it's part of the created order. We are designed to work both in the world and for our Creator. And so I encourage you, whether whether you are still afflicted with employment, you're semi-retired, you're fully retired, to find the place where you can fully use the God-given spiritual gifts that you have to not only do a good job, but also to make a difference in the places that you are called to, in your circles of influence. We need to put an end to the thought that work and faith are separated because our work is a holy calling from God and we should perform in light of that truth. Will you pray with me? God, we hear messages sometimes that are difficult to hear, difficult to to grasp. As we talk about work and how and how you have called us to different places to do different things. God, we know that, that some are called to particular positions. Some are called to others. And that God, as, as we reach the retirement of our lives, we know that, that we are not done. That there is still work to do. Work in your kingdom, work in our communities. Work sharing your faith with us, sharing this, this good news with the people around us. So God, as we think about our jobs and what we're doing, God, help us to not think that they are simply a means to an end, but that they, that they have a higher calling, a calling that you have on us. Help us to use our circles of influence to to proclaim your good news, to proclaim your, the hope, grace, and love that you give each and every one of us because it is for all people. God, we thank you for this message. We thank you for our lives and for the ability to, to work for your kingdom. God, all this we lift in the mighty and powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. God summons, calls to us, and tells us that he has a plan for us. And that plan is to grow where we are planted and to take the message of God's hope, grace, and love to all of the places that we go in our normal, everyday lives. And that includes our jobs, the things that we do in retirement, and even in our social gatherings. And so the summons that we have just sung, the summons calls to us and calls us to go and spread God's love to all of those around us. And so I encourage you to do that today, this week, and the rest of your lives. And when you get worried, remember this. Go because the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you wherever you go, And it goes with you always. Amen.